This is it, people. This is what you've been waiting for. This is Everyday Celebrity Podcast. The podcast for everyday people with everyday problems trying to find everyday solutions to accomplish everyday goals. Let's start the show. You, 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 you. Welcome to another episode of Everyday Celebrity Podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Owandi, of course. Um, today is a very special podcast. I have two ladies with me um, from different backgrounds. We're going to talk about sexuality. We're going to talk about sex. We're going to talk about what women go through on a day-to-day basis. Um, yeah, basically everything. Uh, but first, I want to give a shout-out to Mud Labs for hosting me. Um, I have a special guest who works here. She's going to tell you a little bit more about this space. So my name's Vanessa, and we opened Mud Lab about a week ago. Um, we're getting really excited. We're going to have a launch party on December 21st where the community is invited. Uh, we hope that this can be a plastic-free space. Um, that can teach people about zero-waste living. We hope it can be a home for artists. It's a bookstore. And we also hope that it'll be an event space where people can host um, low-waste or zero-waste events. Can you tell them the address? Oh, yes. It's right at the corner of Telegraph and 40th. It's 3933 Telegraph. Thank you, Vanessa. Um, Yeah, you heard it here first. Mud Labs is a very, very cool spot. Hopefully... I can do a couple more podcasts here. Uh, We can work that out. And let's get into the show. So today I have two women with me. One name is Lori. One name is Kate. Uh, Kate, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. You got got to talk louder. Thank you for having me. (laughs) Lori. Thank you for having me as well. All right. So, Kate, where are you from? I'm originally from Seattle, Washington. I've lived in San Francisco for the past 10 years. Moved to Oakland about six months ago. Okay. And why did you move? Rent's expensive in the fucking Bay Area, so... Oh, sorry. Are we not allowed to swear? Yeah, yeah. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Wasn't sure if it was PC or not. (laughs) Anyways, uh, yeah, rent. And just one more space. Change of scenery. What were you doing in Seattle? I just grew up there lived there for 18 years and then I moved out to Hollywood, Florida. Yes, there's two Hollywoods. It does exist. Lived out there for a few years. Then I moved back to Seattle and then I moved down to San Francisco. <coughs> All right. Sorry. Um, were you... Did you ever visit San Francisco before you moved? Yes. My dad was technically born in San Francisco then raised in Southern California. So SF has always been like a second home to me. I was born a Niners fan. I will die a Niners fan. Come talk to me. Oh, my God. Uh, Niners. So did you just become a Niners fan when I started winning? No, I'm not a Fairweather fan. I have been born and raised a Niners fan in Seattle, by the way. Never been a Seahawks fan. Never will be. That's weird. All right. What do you do for a living? Right now, I'm an executive assistant to the president of a board game company. What's the name of the board game? 
university games. What kind of board game is that? No, that's the name of the company. They oh. make like thousands of different types of board games. that deal with like distribution, mergers and acquisitions. Do the they whole make gambit. checkers? We do. We have some checkers, Chinese checkers, backgammon. But I'm we talking about, them. did you guys create checkers? No, but we've Django? distributed a lot. It, you probably have never heard of 90% of our games, but I guarantee you you've seen them in every single store you've been in and just didn't realize who made them. Okay. All right, Lori. What's up? Where are you from? I'm from Frederick, Maryland. Oh, so you're from the East Coast? Yeah. That's good. All the way. All right. Uh, what were you doing in Maryland? <laughs> well, <laughs> how, did, how did you end up here? Um, I came out here. I met someone online way before it was oh, like hella popular meet everybody online. Um, and I just came you out here. You want to give a shout out to the dating no, Absolutely site? not. <laughs> Don't ever talk to that was person. Was it Tinder? No. It was like 10 years ago. So it was MySpace? Yeah. That's what it was for real? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> I miss my top eight. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, after you change everybody when they piss you off. Um, so yeah, I met someone like 10 years ago, came out here to visit and never come to California. To me, it seemed like its own different like country from being on the East Coast. And um, I fell in love with this place. Visited one more time and then decided to move here about 10 years ago. Uh, did you move here in with the girl? Absolutely not. Were you still together when you moved here? Absolutely not. Uh. <laughs> 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 so what is this, what's this chick's name? <laughs> I don't know who's going to listen to this, so I She's think I should just make up a name. No, you, you got to be truthful on this show. Uh, her name's Shannon. Shannon what? That, we're just going to stop it. <laughs> we do first names only. First name going to start Googling. Right? First name basis. First name basis. So, you were in Maryland talking to girls in California? Yeah, I don't know. She just came across my, like, feed thing, and I found her, and I thought she was cute. So, I said, let's do this. All right. The rest is history. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> All right. So, um, today's episode is basically about women, all types of topics. Um, what's your, what do you like to be? Orientation. Yeah, yeah, orientation. <laughs> Sexual orientation. Lesbian. Lesbian. Cat, you? I would just consider myself queer, I guess, that I don't have boundaries in terms of whom I'm attracted to or whom I would be in a relationship with. However, I 90% gravitate towards a male and female dynamic leading in a heterosexual relationship. But whatever. I know. <laughs> You confuse me. You gravitate to more male-female, what does that mean? In terms of, like, a standard heterosexual relationship for me as a woman, I normally have relationships with men. However, I've had relationships with women. Therefore, I'm not biased into not exploring those avenues with a man versus a woman. When you go out, let's say, like, you go out to, like, a bar or something, do you feel yourself looking more at... Women or men sexually, like oh damn. Normally, I say you want to want to hook up for, with someone that night. It really depends what mood I'm in, I guess. However, I think I naturally gravitate towards a male or masculine vibe. That's generally me because I definitely am in my masculinity a little bit more than my femininity. So, in order to balance my masculinity out, I need someone that has stronger masculinity. Therefore, I can then be more feminine. However, 
when I am attracted to a woman, I do like her femininity because then that also balances me out because I'm so much in my masculinity. Uh So it's just vibes for me. It has nothing to do with me wanting... uh... Passing notes here, and this shit is recorded. They can see you. Like, <laughs> oh, oh shit. <laughs> I forgot about that. Damn it. Um, yeah, right. so I, I just don't think it's like something that I consciously think about when I go to a place that I'm in search of a man or a woman. It just happens. Okay. Well, nature runs its course. Yeah. So, you, so when it comes to men, you like a masculine man. When it comes to females, you like uh, the feminine type. I can go either way, but I think it's about the balancing of energies. So if I'm really feminine that day, I think that I naturally gravitate towards more masculine energy. Therefore, that kind of offsets me. Because it's like I've hooked up with what you would consider, you know, uh, like more butch lesbian women before. And that's Uh. nothing like as a preference. I think it was just in that vibe in that particular moment. That's what my energy was putting off. And that's the kind of energy I was wanting to receive per se so you said uh whether you feel feminine or masculine during that day how did how how does that come about like the way you dress no has nothing to do with the exterior it is all an internal thing so i think you know you could stem that back and get real technical like with like your upbringings like your forms of protection fears doubts that just like spirals out into so many ways of how you portray yourself as an individual I think I've always had to be way more egoic and hardcore to protect myself. Therefore, that would be considered a masculine energy. Mm -hmm. So with that, I would exude such dominant uh, traits and vibes Mm -hmm. that I would attract either more feminine men or feminine women because they felt either more safe, you could say, or that I was protecting them. And that's kind of like that energy you put out. Like there's a lot of, you could go into so many little things about like, you know, like the women naturally when you engage in sexual encounters with a man, our brains are chemically dependent on like that man as like our protector. It's like a fucked up thing, but it's like scientific evolution. That's what we naturally, but they'll say like you caught feelings after Mm -hmm. one time being with them (laughs) (laughs) but that's just something that's more of the evolutionary thing because it would make sense at that time frame being back then that you would want your man to be able to protect you from some other tribe or to deliver you food and you're the nurturer you take care of him you take care of the baby so that's like a weird energy kind of dynamic role that both male and or masculine and feminine energies put out so it really just depends how i'm feeling if i want to be more vulnerable that would be more of a feminine energy and everybody has both masculine and feminine energy in them so it's really as i'm saying it's about an energy thing for me it's not so much about what you look like on the outside or if you have certain appendages or not you know and you want to be something that you feel that you are so I'm assuming when it comes to sexual encounters, you are the dominant one? You like to dominate people? It depends what mood I'm in as well. I, I think it's like I have this like duality where naturally I think I need somebody else to put me in my place. So in the bedroom, I think that's the only time where I will be a little bit more vulnerable and uh, allow somebody to dominate me and control me. But I'm always in control. <laughs> hmm. Just kidding. 
All right, Lori. Uh, it's your hot seat now. <laughs> Pressure's on. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> so when have, when did when did you come out, or do you want to talk about that? Um. So like, openly came yeah. out and was just like, I'm here and I'm gay. Um. So I was dating someone for about three and a half years, and secretly. No, I mean like. I couldn't be like, this is my Boston marriage. Like, she works during the day, I work at night, and we have a one-bedroom apartment. Like, it yeah. couldn't work like that. <laughs> um, I just, like, really didn't say I was, like, gay to certain people, especially my family. Um, and, you know, after about two years of dating this person, they were like, I want to go to, your, like, I want to go home with you. I want to, like, meet your family. So I thought my brother's graduation was the best time to do it. <laughs> nice. I'm like, well, most spotlight's on him, so maybe it won't all be on me. Um... And I was extremely, extremely nervous, but this person that I was dating at the time was super awesome, super amazing. Fit right in with my family. Um, like, went in to give my dad a, or to shake my dad's hand, and he was like, no, we give hugs in this family. And ever since then, I feel like I've had a better relationship with my parents, and they're just like, we love you no matter what. So it actually, what I was scared of for so many years actually turned into something so positive. And even though, like, this person and I, we don't talk or engage, like, I'd have to say like that's the one amazing thing i got out of that relationship so do you feel like you were just putting shit in your head that yes your family wasn't going to accept it absolutely like you watch a lot of you know tv shows documentaries and you're like you always worry because you see like one small part and you're like i can relate to that mm -hmm. and then it's almost kind of like you spiral in a sense that you're like oh well if that's happening to that person it could happen to me and then you just keep going and going and going and it's kind of like you just psych yourself out and i did that and I feel like I missed several years, but I also feel like, you know, I brought the right person home. So I'm happy it worked out the way it did. Were you dating women in like high school and shit? Not in high school. Uh, freshman year of college is when I got with this first girl. And so you were fucking with boys in high school? I did. <laughs> I'm ashamed. <laughs> and how was... Horrible. I would ugh, never go back. <laughs> we, we all make mistakes, okay? Did you feel like weird when... Uh, during the moment and shit? Well, I thought or it was like the really... right thing to do. I was trying to suppress and push down being a lesbian as much as I could because I felt like it was not the right thing. Uh -huh. I didn't see very much, I didn't see like any positive vibes going towards it. It was kind of like that's the wrong thing where you shouldn't do that or talk about it. Mm -hmm. So I figured, you know, push it down, push it down and try to be hetero. And ugh. <laughs> after several <laughs> nights of vomiting in my own mouth. <laughs> Oh I decided God. I'm going to be a lesbian and move to California. <laughs> so in college, uh, the first girl that you messed with, how did, how did that happen? Drunk at a rave or some shit? No. Um, so, she, God, I hope she doesn't listen to this either. So she oh, like, she does. <laughs> celebrity podcast. Um, so she lived down the street from my house. We played like basketball together. She knew my brother, and yeah, like my brother knew her sister. So it was very like small, tight knit. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Ugh. I don't know, man. I always feel like the first time like you try something or like the first person, it's just like you look back and you're like, damn, I upgraded. Uh -huh. Not to be like an ass, but I don't know. Just I look back and I'm like, I could have done way better first time around so how did, but how did it happen how did you guys come we just hung up we just hung out we got like lunch and food and then you know the whole like oh let's watch a movie in the basement type thing <laughs> yeah fucking cliche what movie was it oh it was some action movie it Terminator. was like really, 
No, I, I wish it was Terminator, right? It had to be something loud so her parents didn't hear, but it was fun. Okay. It was like a decade ago. I tried to suppress that one as well. Mm. Kate, when was your first experience with a woman? With a woman? Uh, high school. It was... For me, I'm not going to say names because this person does live in the area. So no. um, <laughs> you got to say names. No, no, no. I cannot. What's the last name? Oh, no. That's, that's, no. People do search this stuff. Yes. And it's a lot, like, it's an obscure last name, so people be like, oh, I know who it is. Okay. Uh, it was in high school. Uh, her and I played volleyball together, uh, and it was just weird. I had never normally gravitated towards liking women. I was always a tomboy, but I always yeah. liked boys still. And it was just something about her. She was just really sweet really nurturing but it was like harmless like it really was like an innocent kind of in interaction but like the first time like i had any contact with a woman in that nature yeah. in high school i think like the first time i actually like really engaged with a woman was right out of high school because then i was like married for how long so then that that was a different situation you were married <laughs> got married at 18 and divorced at 21 so okay. that was an interesting time of my life <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. And I'm assuming this is with a with a man. Yes, with a man who is still one of my best friends. So like we're mad cool, no hard feelings. We're both adults that were able to like recognize that we just weren't in it for the long haul, and yeah. we're better off just friends. And your parents didn't give a fuck about you being bisexual. Um, I don't think even my parents fully know I've been with both men and women, but they would not be shocked whatsoever. And they're so open to all acts of love that they could care less so it wouldn't even matter i think i've probably mentioned it in casual conversations with your parents just like hey how was your summer oh you know just like hooked up with some chicks and dudes <laughs> got drunk and that was that spring break 1999 yeah so it's it's not even uh, something that would ever make my family feel weird about me because i'm already that weirdo <laughs> So, what do you guys think about, how do you think, how do you feel the state of, like, LGBT rights are? Do you think it's... I think it's been a long time coming. Uh -huh. And, like, love is love. It doesn't need to have a gender or, or anything. It's just, so it's like, if I say, oh, I love my cat, like, is that wrong? Because my cat's not a human. <laughs> and my cat's a female, like, is that wrong? Do you think the court should allow people to get married to their cats? Absolutely not. But we're talking about love. We're not talking about marriage. Well, what if you say you love your cat? You just said. Yeah. Okay, I love my cat. But what's the difference between me saying that and saying, oh, I love a girl? What, sex? I mean, I don't mm -hmm. know. But do you think the court... Absolutely you not. You should not, in, you should you not marry court, a pet. Okay. That's why I just, I just wanted to... Uh, <laughs> no, 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 no. You? No bestiality. <laughs> I mean, I think with all movements, it takes time. You know, and it's... Yeah. One of those duality things of like, there's going to be like good representations of it, and then there's going to be negative representations of it. There's going to be dark sides and light sides, people that have the good intentions and not so great intentions. You know, I think a lot of people also want to say that they can empathize with a movement when they really can't because they have not experienced that. I think that you can be sympathetic to somebody else's cause, but if, unless it's happened to you directly, Yep. don't really think that you can fully be in support of something that is not yours. And so that's always been like a weird thing for me of like people really writing hard for certain missions where it's not really something that they can directly, 
you know, connect with that um, can derail what the movement is actually about. So I think we have definitely come a long ways. We're being a lot more progressive in making it a topic. It is now more publicly salient now than it has ever been. However, there's still, you know, uh, colloquial things that people just shouldn't say or do. There's still like social normatives of like, you know, like we. I can't stand when people say "gay" as a synonym for "stupid." It really bugs me. Yeah, like I kind of want to gouge your eyes out with that. Yeah, just as a synonym for "stupid" or the word "fag." Mm. Exactly. It's like absolutely it, not. Like, do not ever say that. And those are things that we're still working hard on to break those social normatives mm-hmm. of what we have been taught as okay for so long, or that it was so anti that. You know, because like there's dualities of like this is something so negative that you're going to blow it out of proportion when it's like over time, things just naturally die out when you give it no power, you know, like there's like the, like I'm saying, like people go too hard for something with like the best intentions yet. They can just fuck it all up at the same time. So that's like what I'm saying. Like, I think we've taken 10 steps ahead, but in some ways diverted, you know, like a few steps backwards with certain things. You know, like that joke. Being radicals. Like, what was like Boston was trying to have like the street pride. Like the, oh, for that to like horrible. spin out of control of what pride is about is a straight disrespectful. Like I'm dumbfounded that that's even a thing where they should just have never even got to that level. That's what I'm saying. Like people want to sympathize with like a movement that's not their own is the things that we have to really break down now. But those people were trying to be like, well, if gay people can have pride and celebrate, why can't we? But let me tell you why you can't have straight pride. Because you get it every fucking day. They try to do a, 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 you know, like um, black power. All lives matter. Yeah, yeah. like a white uh, parade or something. Oh, Jesus. A white million man march or some shit. Oh, that's great. How well did that work out? (laughs) Because I never heard about it. (laughs) And I'm really glad I didn't. All right, let me me ask you guys this. Do you think... um, being gay or like whatever is that much of a big deal now because or do you think it's like absolutely it's I more think common it's... to be straight nowadays it's more like it's more shocking that oh you're straight you only like one um i would thing? i don't say shocking i think oh it's like weird it's like on the tip of my tongue of how i want to say it um i think it's amazing to be gay i love it i was just telling my partner last night that i love being gay in the bay Mm -hmm. like literally it's amazing um and i think it's awesome i mean love who you want to love there should be no negative spin or negative energy towards it no no no, okay we got that but what i'm asking is do you think it's more calming now for people to be gay, gay, lesbian. I don't think people are comfortable in being open. I think, you know, it's like we have to take in like our environments and like perspectives. I think on a global scale, no, things are not quite as progressive as people think. You know, like we live in a very incubated part of the United States that has really thrived on being unique, being different Mm -hmm. and accepting where even the rest of the United States is not that same like mentality and openness of change. And I think that is the normative of the globally what is. However, because we are so open and acceptive in numerous major countries and major cities, 
that it's starting to infiltrate and influence other people all around the world, that it's more of a talked about thing. We have to think about even in the 50s, people were not openly talking about their closeted gay brother or their No, it's conversion yeah. camps. Yeah, the, you just don't talk about that. So the fact that we're even talking about it right here openly and freely on a podcast is miles ahead from where we once were. I but I think agree. that we still have so much to do before it is more of a conscious global acceptance. I so I think like you're, you're asking, you know, I think... Yes, we've made significant strides. However, we're still not where, where we, we should be. One would prefer us to be, where everyone in every nook and cranny can at least feel somewhat safe to be who they authentically are. Mm. I read an article this morning about a young girl that went to conversion camp and then died shortly after. They still and have it, conversion camp. Correct, and I'm just at this point. I'm like, why? Why would you ever do that to your? Ch- if you really loved your child, you would love them for who they are. No ifs, ands, or buts. And it's really upsetting to even have to read an article like that. Brainwashing's a real thing. We're all brainwashed. Absolutely. That is totally true. It's just sad. Speaking of brainwashing, how do you, how, what do you think about uh, Donald Trump was elected, right? But more, the reason he was elected because the majority of votes that he got <clears throat> were white women. Now, as a woman, right, <laughs> as, as a woman, and then as we have a white woman. I'm not white. You know what? <laughs> no, I, what? what are, no. <laughs> Jewish? Derail, not Jewish, um, Palestinian. Oh, okay. Well, we have two and women. Cuban. Okay, nice. Uh, so we have, so about that question, what do you feel about that? I mean, I'm not even though all the shit that we learned about Donald Trump during the uh, when he was trying to get elected, like sexual harassment, prostitutes, him treating women like that, grabbing pussy. I mean, it was all a like huge ploy. You know, I think that we didn't really realize how much of a platform we can Mm -hmm. create. And I think that he built an incredible fucking platform that even I have to not give credit towards, but like, damn, if that's not like the ultimate scheme ever and a like, get over on somebody, I don't know what the fuck is. But what do you think about I, women voting him in? I'm not surprised. Like I said, how many people have been suppressed to a point where they begin to think other people's thoughts are their own? They were probably raised in a home where the man was the provider, the man was the protector, the white man gets more opportunities. So as a white woman, who else you gonna vote for? A white man. Like, that does not surprise me whatsoever. It's just creepy as a woman who's a little bit more woke to other things <laughs> going on in the world, that that's something that, that well, that's why I said it in the emphasis that I did, but uh, as far as just people not seeing the bigger picture, it's it's weird, but I have to realize that's not weird for them because that's all they know. So that's why I think things get blown out of context because we think that we're living in our normative, but we're actually not necessarily the rest of the social normative of the collective. So that's something that people have to like understand both sides to really be able to like formulate opinions because that's you know that's also being really hypocritical at the same time. So that's what I'm saying. I'm not surprised 
And I think that that's just, again, the brainwashing of our society of just being like, we have to remember, like that's hundreds, thousands of years of having a white man dominate everything in our lives. How do we... Sounds horrible. Yeah, we don't know anything (laughs) different. So for people that have taught themselves differently, that have seen and experienced different cultures, types of ways, type of politics, you know, just different ways of being, see something like that as really jarring and like negative when it's like, no, that's like, unfortunately, what history has shown time and time again, that we're the ones standing on the outside looking in. So it's just, it's not publicly salient to that whole degree, like that we may want it to be, but I think we're getting there. All right, well, enough about Donald. And whites. <laughs> uh, Lori, now, earlier you said that you love being gay in bed. Gay in the bay? Yes. <laughs> and being gay, gay in bed is also amazing. <laughs> you said gay in the bag? Gay in the bay. bay. What? The in bay the bay area. Oh, I thought you said being gay in the bed. That works too. Okay, well, good. That's the segue to this next conversation. Oh, no. What is the... <laughs> What is the craziest is the, thing that someone has asked you to do? In bed? Sexually, yeah. <laughs> oh, we're going there. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm just trying to formulate how I'm going to say this appropriately. Um, I mean, just doing things like from behind, like ass eating, stuff like that. Okay. Um, fucking in a lot of different spaces. I fucked in some weird spaces where I'm just like, oh, should probably sanitize my whole body. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I would say, well, I mean, butt sex really isn't that like uncommon anymore. So I'm assuming that you are the one who puts the, the strap on? Yes. Okay. Do you not like a woman to put a strap on and use it on you? No. No? Okay. Why is that? I'm um, just not into dicks. Like, I mean, I don't know how else to say it. Just, I'm not into yeah, being penetrated with something yeah. that looks flaccid like that. Right. Has a woman ever used a strap on on you? No, um, but I've been with somebody who's, like, used a vibrator and, like, tried to insert that. You slapped her? No, I didn't slap her. I, we should both be equal parties in this, so if she, that was something that she was enjoying, then I was down to try that. Did you try it? Yes. <laughs> Sounds like a lie detector. <laughs> I did try it. Um, and it was, it was cool. It was different. It was fun. But I will draw it at, like, inserting a strap-on inside of me. Okay. We all have healthy boundaries. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and I think, you know, safe words are, are there for a reason. <laughs> are you into, like, uh, S&M? Yeah. I like bondage. I like kinky shit. Floggers. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, it's like a little... Well, it's more flat. Yeah. But you can still hit people with it. Oh, yeah. I mean, everything but the back of your hand, I think, is really good in bed. Yeah, no, I I do like kinky shit. I think that's, like, important. Um, Well, not important, but it it helps. It helps. I think switching things up, changing things up, Mm. super important and healthy in a sexual relationship. Have you ever had a partner ask you... Can we bring a man in the bed? I no, no, not that. Um, I have had a threesome with another woman, and I did not like that at all. Why is that? You jealous? 
No, I don't think jealousy was the issue because um, I was like doing most of the work. I just think, I don't know. I just have too respect, too much respect for my partner. I just felt like I was cheating in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, may not be emotionally, but it was physical, and I just, I don't. That's just not me. So you're like a relationship type of. Yeah. You don't like being single. God, I haven't been single in a very long time. I think in the from 31 to 18, I was only single. Like within a lot of amount of time, most times maybe eight months. Mm. Like I just go from one to the next, and I'm so sorry for ever who's listening to this. <laughs> <laughs> I never cheated on you. I just went to somebody else. What was the longest relationship you've had? Um, my not my current, but this uh, last one right before that, three and a half years. Are you in love with the current one? I don't like that word anymore. So that's enough. Yes. Well, I mean, okay. What's her name again? Eh, not doing that. <laughs> you already met her. Um, no, I, I, I do love her. I have a lot of love for her, but I'm not in love. And mm. this time I'm protecting my heart and just taking my time with, with that. But I do, I do love this person and have love for them. Do you want kids in the future? If they have four legs and look like a dog, absolutely. <laughs> um, I mean, no, but on a serious note, I mean, I wouldn't mind a child. I think, you know, I grew up raising my little brother and helping raising him, taking him everywhere, and I, I absolutely loved it. Mm. I love little kids. Um, I don't know, maybe it's because I can just give them back right now, but I really hope I can get over that hurdle. All right, Kate, uh, same question. Or do you remember the question? Uh, what was my weirdest yeah. sexual request? Woo! Uh, wh- I Bring mean, out I worked- that scroll. Yeah. Ah, God. So I mean, I worked in the adult entertainment industry from age like 18. And, no, how old was I? I was 20 through 23. No, no, no. All right, well, time out, time out, time out, time out. <laughs> what did you do in the adult industry? Well, at first, I just started off in the department. So, as any normal company, they have in the department offices. Yes, so you have offices a of running that's the adult industry. I worked for one of the biggest uh, media conglomerates. Period, and most of the entertainment divisions that they run happen to be adult entertainment, what and that ranges. Uh, their major name is Global Personals, and underneath that, there's like World Net Media. So, mm. and they also own like South Beach Records multiple other divisions and so they mostly focus on you know internet-based things so whether that's webcams Mm. uh, telecast shows or actual like written scripted like porn uh, there would be different levels of that plus they also owned a ton of dating websites so this is far before tinder far before like okay cupid even came about that they actually became one of our competitors at that time uh, when we were launching a bunch of other websites. So I was working on the inside in the office under a quality control um, like department. So basically we were kind of like filtering like profiles, making sure like conduct was good, lots of like fraud issues. So I was doing normal office work, just happened to be for an adult entertainment company. And then obviously you see a lot of stuff and then they're like, hey, you can do this too. All right, so you, help, you were doing that and then you turned to do what? So then I started doing webcamming, and that was just something where I was like, hey, I can make extra money, I want money right now. And I think I was really trying to explore my sexuality at that point, where it's like I definitely had had a lot of sexual encounters in my life, but they were 
nothing to me as like provocative, you know, like just normal role plays, like, you know, being voyeuristic per se, or like Catholic schoolgirl. Yeah. And just, mm. you know, fulfilling <laughs> other people's <laughs> fantasies. Is That's what you were doing normal. on the webcam. No, that just like before, you know, oh. like in my normal sexual life, oh. but it hadn't really opened up to like seeing other things. It's like definitely, you know, you can get aggressive in the bedroom and people be like, that's considered S and M or BDSM. But it was like, not, to me, that was never You're like that's that. a Monday for me. Yeah, it just wasn't <laughs> provocative. So once I really started seeing that on a daily basis of like all the different avenues and understanding it from a much deeper perspective of like why these people were doing it, what turned them on, like I'm about like cerebral fucking. Like I need to get my mind fucked first before I really like fuck somebody. So or definitely making love with them. I need my mind stimulated. And I think that I was getting those perspectives from people that really opened myself up to exploring those different parts of myself. And so that's what I'm saying, like that scroll of what's the weirdest thing, because I did that for work, my request could be off the wall of being like, I wanna see you like try on outfits for me, like standing on a chair in the corner of your room. It's like, okay, that's weird to me, you know? Like, I don't mm. think that's outlandish in the grand scheme of like what people want to know about like but people's sexual fantasies are mad weird like Fucking they're not toes like, yeah you know like definitely i've dealt with like it's like, toes. It's like make eye contact with me and play with my toes it's like yeah. what the fuck get out of here <laughs> but i mean i guess it'll be like people <laughs> yeah one street. guy i actually got a text message and it was like some <laughs> random guy and i was like i think you have the wrong number <laughs> and he totally had the wrong number and it like came up same maryland area code and i was just like who hurt you <laughs> <laughs> that's funny like, who were you trying to reach is really the question. <laughs> yeah, like, oh, I really hope this person gets that message. So do you, do you uh, what are some big um, differences between men, how men view sex and, and relationships and how women view it? It's funny because it's like we actually both view them in very similar ways, but it's kind of like the shoe on the other foot kind of syndrome where we all have, you know, insecurities about ourselves, things that mm -hmm. like we suppress naturally and vulnerability on both parties is an overarching theme to me. Cause I would, like I said, like I was doing office work where I would really be able to like brain pick people and like see like oh this is what they're into. You know, it's like nine times out of 10 on any online profile, a guy's lying about one to two inches about their height. It's just something psychological. They their feel that they penis. have their height. Also their penis do, but usually it's more about the height because the height is the about a power trip for profile. them. Yeah, it's like, it's super common. Nine out of 10 men will lie about their height within one to two inches. Why? It's just like, it's an egoic thing of thinking that they have to be more dominant than a woman and that would be height, thus power, weird shit. You could break it down in many different levels. What you see is what you get. You don't but like, like women yeah. will lie about our weight within shit, five to 10 pounds, some girls maybe even 20 pounds, but <laughs> you know what I mean? Like there's just, those are insecurities. So I think that we're looking for people that fill certain voids for it's us. Like the, it's like the girls when they only take the headshots. Exactly. Mm. They got like, they got like I'm 10 like, pictures. Like, or they don't smile and I was like, oh, you got fucked up and teeth. It's all, and oh, it's yeah. all with the head. I'm like, what? What's yeah, because you're trying... The people are trying to portray themselves as something that they think people want instead of being their true authentic self. And I think we all go through that like identity crisis at least once in our lives of being like, damn, like 
I really want to like bag this person. Therefore I'm going to have to like change myself or project myself in this manner. And they're going to like me when I it's like, we all have. no. Yeah. And I'm saying at least one to two times, maybe more. For what's some the, what's the main thing that you lie about when, uh, when people talk to you? I don't lie about who I am. I'm like authentic myself. I think the only thing I would lie about is not expressing my true emotions. Because I'm not an emotional or vulnerable person. I agree with when you. When it on comes that. to like that type of intimacy, I've really struggled with being fully intimate with someone by opening up every aspect of what the fuck is going on in my mind. I'm, I'm stunted on emotion. I just yeah. I try as I'm most trying. people are. Like that's what I'm saying. Like I think relationships with both men and women, or women and women, men and men, are very similar. We are feeding off of each other in ways like that I don't think we've even consciously came to conclusions on like we're insecure so we think we need a partner to make us feel whole or like codependency I'm, yeah codependency toxicity like just all that shit mm. so and even in like your perfect ideal relationship most people are looking at the things that don't fucking matter yeah they're looking at the materialistic things or the outside things it's yeah. not the inside anymore yeah. so what do you look for Laura? Ooh. Um, I like li- lipstick lesbians. Um, I mean, I'm looking for someone who has their shit together. Um, I'm not in this relationship to babysit. Mm. Um, someone who likes to cook would be nice, because I always cook. I always do laundry, cook, clean. I do, like, the words of affirmation, like, the love languages mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Um, I mean, somebody who's, like, chill, down to vibe, just be spontaneous. You know, want to go spend five hours at a random bar and bar hop. Like, that's totally chill with me. We don't have would to sit you, in Would you date someone who is uh, addicted to anything? Addicted to anything? Well, I mean, addicted to, like, drugs or alcohol or gambling or... Um, I mean, it, addicted, I mean, that's one thing, but it depends on, like, maybe, like, what level of addiction. Like, are you, like, deep, deep in this? Has this been a problem for years? Is like, this something you, that like you want to seek help? They're doing cocaine every day, every single day of the week. And a lot I think of that's it. like subjective because like when you really care about someone that can get entangled with like your illusions of love. When you think you yeah. really love someone that you're almost enabling or supporting their choices. Habits and stuff like that. Because you feel this inkling like if you walk away, you're doing them a disservice. Or whether it be like... Or you're scared to walk away because you don't... You've so long that you feel like you're the asshole if you walk away. Yeah. So I think everyone at some point could date somebody with addictions, but I don't think you actively search for somebody like... I'm not putting in like a Tinder bio, hey, if you have an addiction, (laughs) please swipe. If you met someone Mm -hmm. and then... But you're not going to get that full story right away. If you met someone and then like, let's say six months go by, eight months go by, and you really like this person, and then you find out that... They're addicted to something. Communicate. That's what you're saying. Yeah, bad. communicate. Would you leave or stay? That's no, what I mean, I think first things first is communicate. You need to let this person know and be 100% transparent that, hey, like, I don't know if this kind of, like, fits in my lifestyle and where I want to go in life, but I think you're amazing and I want to, like, vibe with you and continue to grow with you. But if this person is, like, willing to get help or willing to stop or willing to kind of, like, move some things around, I mean, I think that's super important, but you don't know unless you communicate that. What is uh, the biggest double standard, do you think, that women get? Time management. For relation, <laughs> Like, what do you mean? As far mean? as, like, uh, comparing it to, like, men, you know, men, if they sleep with a lot of women, they're considered, like, a pimp player. But if a woman does it, they're considered a hoe. 
Oh, that is such bullshit. And I, don't I mean, like yeah, that, I feel like that's always going to be one of those things that follows us forever. But and it doesn't matter how far women get in life and in politics and up on the ladder, we're still going to be viewed at that. Oh, yeah. So you think that's the biggest, uh, biggest one? I don't think it's the biggest one, but I feel like that one's just been around for so damn long. And women can't go. drive? Like, yeah, we can. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's also another one. I think, you know, now it's um, just really being about like fully independent. I think mm-hmm. that people still are somewhat shook both in a female and female and male and male and a female male relationship situation where somebody feels like they need to be the breadwinner or not when it should just be like you both want to support each other to be the best versions of yourself and then you guys can do whatever the hell you want together but as long as you can both stand on your own and are respectful of what you're trying to achieve then it shouldn't be like that double standard. You know, I've had many relationships where my men were always very adamant that they wanted to take care of me kind of things where it just made me feel mad crunchy because I'm like, I don't, well, I've never been like that. Like, that's like, that's me being egoic in the sense I'm like, I don't need anyone to fucking take care of me. In fact, I'm going to be more turned off by it. You know, like if that's how you're coming off towards me. So, yeah, or I mean, I've, heard of people in relationships where men are kind of like insecure if their partner um, being a woman would make more money than them it's mm-hmm. kind of like it's just like if you're in a relationship with somebody you both want to be providing in some way it should be an equal give and take but if somebody's bringing in more money then the other person can bring in more whatever it doesn't yeah you matter. can add to it, it be, and it can still be equal it doesn't have to be currency to make it equal exactly and i think that's where we get caught up in that double standard of like you know the male has to be the provider or the dominant person has to provide and the other person has to be a good housewife you know like that's just no <laughs> like you equally give and take all right well That was part one of this interview. Stay tuned for part two.